Good morning. morning. Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Amen. Amen. I choose. I choose. I make a decision to rejoice and to be glad in it. That means there is a choice to be made. I ain't waiting on God to do nothing. He already gave us the day. It's our choice how we want to deal with it. Amen. So bless the Lord for the opportunity to be in the house of God again amongst the righteous. So I pray that the Lord has indeed allowed you uh, as we're gathering here today to have a day that you can feel like you can bless and honor his name. I want you to feel free to be able to do so in here, to give God all the glory, all the honor. And it's amazing we got to say that, but in some places, you know, they, well, don't, don't, don't say nothing now. No, this ain't one of them places. I believe we ought to exalt his name. We ought to honor him. We ought to magnify him. Great is the Lord. And he's greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. I I know we still, well, I just, you know, this one makes sure the atmosphere was set right. Bible says calmly for the upright to praise him. So I mean, so that's a normal thing when you're walking upright before. Might be a challenge when you're not. Hallelujah. To our um, social media platforms that are gathering with us today, God bless you. Welcome to Redeeming Love Word Ministries. We pray that this day would be a blessing to you as we share the word of God as well. At this time, we're going to go into prayer and we'll open up the word of God. Heavenly Father, again, thank you. Lord, we are indeed grateful for your mercy and your grace. It is only because of the goodness of our God that we find ourselves in the land of the living today. Lord, truly, you've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. God, no matter what state we find ourselves in, thank you is still appropriate. Because, Lord, it could have always been worse and it could have happened a whole lot sooner than we ever anticipated it taking place. But truly, the Lord has been good to us. You are good and your mercy endureth forever. So, Lord, today, give us ears to hear, Lord, and give us a heart to obey your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Lord. This morning, I want to speak with you from a topic, and um, this is a word for everybody. May not necessarily be your time right now, but it's coming. Um, I believe that God's been challenging me in the last few weeks to really deal with us from a different standpoint, and uh, just to just to share something, a little sidebar here. I remember when I was in the Marine Corps, training was different. But I remember one of the things I put in my mind. I seen a lot of people joking and playing in boot camp. But I remember we had a specific uh, training that was called war games, and they were ammunition and grenades and all of this. And there were some people that was like, you know, they was, it was kind of joking. And I said, I remember telling myself, unsaved. I said, I'm going to take this for real because I never know where I might end up at. Amen. I think it's some of us in the house of God, and I don't mean just redeeming love. I mean across the body of Christ. They need to take what's happening for real. Amen. Not assuming that, oh, this is going to be for somebody else. That ain't going to ever happen to me. I was I was reading something the other day and it was very well, I'll share that later on. Let's open up the word of God. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to talk to you from the subject. 
The kingdom path is through the wilderness. The kingdom path is through the wilderness. It really is. It blessed me just because I was sitting there and I was thinking about it. Do you realize, watch this, how many days did Jesus spend in the wilderness? How many years did the children of Israel spend in the wilderness? A day for every year. The kingdom path is through the wilderness. The Bible says in Psalms 34 and 19, you know it. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. This message today is for some of us here, it's for some of us that are watching, some of us that are listening, and some of us that will listen. Because sometimes we wonder, why is this happening to me? Why do I have to go through this? Look like I'm the only one dealing with this. Uh, don't worry, we're going we to find you before it's over. It's just a matter of time. Because sometimes it seems like, God, what's going on? I, I mean, Lord, what's going on? But I want to su su uh, submit something to you personally before you ask that question. What did God say to you when you were alone with him? Might have been back a little while. It might, it, there was something he whispered to you. And now you're just dealing with a path that's going through the wilderness. I'm just trying to lay our context here. So the kingdom path is through the wilderness. Several years ago, the late Bishop Lockett shared with us a definition about wilderness that I think is most appropriate for us now. Wilderness, and you will always be able to use this, I, I, I would advise you jot it down or commit it to memory. A wilderness is any place that leaves you totally dependent upon God. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? If you will recall, the children of Israel, when they came up out of Egypt, you remember, most of us remember when, when, when uh, Moses was talking to his father-in-law about coming with them. But do you remember the context? Moses was concerned. He said, you could be our eyes in the wilderness. Because what Moses was saying, we ain't been here. They're saying, we don't know how to navigate this place. We don't know nothing about Remember, we coming out of slavery. We marching through somewhere we don't even know. Now, you know about this. Come and be our eyes. He said, no, I can't go. Because the wilderness is the place that leaves you totally dependent on God. You're going to have to follow the cloud by day and the pillar of fire at night. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting to my text. I, I am. I, I really am. But it's amazing. One, one of the things, they moved, and I don't think people understand this when they read this. They moved when the cloud moved. It was a pillar of fire by night. So it could be night when we move. It was a cloud by day, so it could be, you know, 
day when we move. In other words, you got to be ready when it's time to move. God ain't waiting on you. The kingdom path is through the wilderness. And the wilderness is any place that leaves you totally dependent upon God. Y'all ready now? Point number one. In the wilderness, what's on the inside will come out. There's a reason we don't like going through the wilderness. What's on the inside will come out. Let me show you what I mean. I'll give you some text for it in a minute. You understand how you be like, I believe God, I believe God. But what happened when that thing happened to you? How much you believe God now? I'm not saying you don't, but now you know. There's things that God know about us that we don't know about us. Let's get some text here. New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. I know y'all say, well, Pastor, you're talking about all this Old Testament stuff. Well, the story is actually in the New Testament. You know, we, 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 let's read a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. New Living Translation. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. Just for a moment, Paul said, wait, wait, I, I, I don't want y'all to forget, but wait, wait, wait. Paul's talking to a carnal church. Let, let, let's put it all in play here. Group of folk, you know, you got somebody sleeping with their stepmama. You, 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 got, you got folks you're doing, doing all kind of crazy stuff. I mean, you know, you, First Corinthians up to verse, I mean, chapter 4 will give you a good idea of how carnal they really were. But Paul is reminding them about some things. You don't just get away with everything with God. Let's go back and look at some folks who... who understood this or who had experienced this. So Paul's reminding them. Now, and he also says something that's very unique. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. Now, so let me share something with you before we get into the wilderness. Wilderness can be, can be preceded by success. Well, well what do you mean? Well, well, well let's just, just for a moment. If you understand the text in Exodus chapter 14, give or take, they find themselves at the Red Sea. Prior to being at the Red Sea, they have just, the Bible says, spoiled the Egyptians. They've been lavished with jewels and gold and all of this because God told them to ask for it. Well, now on the, on the, the heels of that, they find themselves at the proverbial rock and a hard place. Hard place being the Red Sea in front of them and literally rocks on the side of them. So what we going to do? Pharaoh's army is en route to them. Well, it looks like a real tough place, but it looks like you just got a little success. And oh, no, what we going to do now? We're at the, the, the borderline of wilderness. What are we going to do? And of course, you know the story. This is when God splits the Red Sea and they go across. Literally, it's called their baptism. 
Okay, wait, wait a minute. After Jesus was baptized, where did he go? Oh, my goodness. I'm preaching better than you said. Amen. Already. Okay. So I'm just, just making sure. I'm, I'm telling you, the wilderness is the path of the kingdom. It's going to always be a wilderness path. So, but wilderness can be preceded by success. It's not the byproduct of wrongdoing. I have to say that because sometimes people think that if they end up in the wilderness, it's because they've done something wrong. It's because something's wrong with me. Lord, where did I sin at? Oh, God, forgive me. Jesus was in the wilderness. See, we need to get an understanding as believers. Stop beating ourselves up so much. God's doing much more than trying to hold your sin over your head. It ain't even like that. Yeah, that, 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 no, no, no. God is not a man. That's what we would do to somebody. That ain't him. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. I got a long ways to go in a short time to get there. Verse two. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. Told you. Verse three. All of them ate the same spiritual food. All of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Now, first off, they all baptized. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual water. They all drank from the, same, the, the rock that followed them. Anybody else reading the book too? The rock that followed them. So a wilderness experience can be corporate or it can be individual. Being a Christian does not exempt you from having a wilderness experience. Matter of fact, it actually guarantees you will have one. Just, just, I'm just finding everybody before we turn the corner. Verse 5. So they all, you know, before him, they all baptized, they all ate. They all drank the rock that followed them. But look at verse five. Yet God was not pleased with most of them. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Listen, obedience to God is paramount, especially in the wilderness. If, if I can leave something with you in regard to this message. Be obedient. No, no. You live in a time where you must be obedient. It's paramount because your room for error is not like what it was previously. Look at our world, you all. It is indicative of the fact that things are winding up. Says, the Bible says, yet God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. You can't die in the wilderness. I'm going to say this because I think it, I feel like some people are on the edge on what I'm saying now. So I'm, I'm going to try to convey the seriousness of what I'm saying. People have a tendency. Do you remember, you remember what Jesus' last temptation was in the wilderness? I'll help you. Took him up on the highest point. The enemy says to him, cast yourself down if you're the son of God. 
Then he gives him some little bit of scripture. Because if you're the son of God, you know, he's given his angels charge over you to bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. But you know what Jesus said? Listen to this, because this is a Christian temptation. Jesus said to him, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Do you realize how often we we are borderline tempting God? What do you mean? We act like God's going to just take care of us and we don't have to obey him. Like there's this big safety net around us simply because we name the name of Christ. And we can walk in disobedience to God and it not be a problem. This is what's going to hinder a lot of Christians today is not understanding the importance of obeying God. And where they simply think that, oh, it's all right. God loves me. He's going to take care of me. I ain't saying you're not going to heaven, but you may have you may have caused your life to be shortened because you was walking in disobedience. Well, God's going to protect me. God's going to protect me. Okay, wait a minute. Now, are you exercising all the wisdom you have? Or are you just tempting God? Jesus knew who he was, but he ain't got to prove it by jumping off something. And you got to understand, it's people who think, well, you know what? God's got this no matter what I do. I'll just go out here. And it don't matter if I go out here and, and, and buy more than what I can afford. God going to take care of me. My father's rich. You saying that nonsense, but you're really tempting God. Because you know you can't afford what you buy. You know that. So it ain't about God being rich or not. He's still rich. You just being disobedient. See how we're borderline tempting God. Because you're not utilizing the wisdom he gave you. The Bible says David behaved himself wisely in his going out and his coming in. Let's not tempt God. Let's not do that putting ourselves in positions where we know we're vulnerable to things and we're doing it just simply saying God's going to take care of it. Who says that? Unless God told you that? All right. Verse 6. He says, these things happen as a warning to us so that we will not crave evil things as they did. So, all of this is for an example. We don't have to make the same mistakes that others made in the wilderness. Let's clear this up. We don't have to do that. Verse 7. Or worship idols as some of them did, as the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. So they had idols. You know, of course, that's anything or anybody that takes the place that only Jesus should have. Anything or anybody that takes the place that only Jesus should have is an idol. 
well, you know, I, I know that I can be taken care of. You know, somebody, God, they, 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 if I don't do this deal right and it falls through, I'm going to be all right because so-and-so got my back. Are you building an idol? See, what are we trusting in? What are we trusting in? In this world, if there's one thing we should have learned, you can't trust nothing else. People have lost trillions of dollars in their retirement. Trillions. That's what a T. What can we trust now? Housing market is on. We're about to see one of the biggest bubbles we have ever seen in our lifetime. What can we trust now? You know, people tell you real estate always go up. Really? I was looking at uh, some things out west, and they were talking about um, how certain storms and stuff come and so on and so forth. And it was talking about, you know, they have what they call, scientists call it a 1,200-year storm, whatever. You know, it only comes every 1,000 years like we were back then, you know. Uh, but they're saying that now that this is happening every 10 years. Are you looking at Utah is burning up? Who ever heard of Utah catching on fire? I mean, California, yeah, but Utah? Look how things are changing. What can we trust? I'm just saying, anything or anybody that takes the place that only Jesus should have. Look at this. Let's talk about, I want, let's go to Exodus chapter 32. The Bible talks about them in their revelry, in their idolatry. I want you to look at something. Exodus chapter 32 New Living Translations, verses 1 through 6. I want to show you what happened here. Because sometimes we don't understand how close we are to repeating the same examples that were giving us of people in the wilderness who failed. The Bible says, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. <laughs> First thing, people became impatient with God. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, one of the things I try to do when, when, when I would hear, or still do, when I would hear a word, I try to see how it applies to me. So I'm like, Lord, am I being impatient with you? Wait, 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 wait. That ain't you, I'm sure. I'm not, that's not you. God, I'm tired of this. I should be further along than this. It's taking so long, Lord. I know what you said. They were impatient. We don't know what happened to Moses. He gone. We got to do something else now. God, you ain't showing up no more. We need to, I need to make it happen. Be careful. You just might be in the wilderness. Then look what he says. Verse two. And Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Aaron took the gold, melted it down, molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. 
Aaron saw how excited the people were. So he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. People read the party at the drop of a hat, ain't they? Oh, yeah, we're going to break out with a festival. For, wait, wait a minute. In a minute, you couldn't even wait on God. Now it's time to do a festival. Verse 6, the people got up early the next morning. Think people can't get up when they want to? The people got up early. I'm just reading the book, that's all. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings to look religious. How many folks got up early today to look religious? Just keep looking forward, it's all right. Won't nobody know. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. People were impatient with God. They manufactured their own concept of who God is. Oh, God understands. I am so sick and tired of hearing people talk about what God understands. He understands that we are sinners saved by grace. He understands that he forgives sin, not excuses. I'm like, what's so unclear about this? And it's sometimes Christians who are saying these things. How are we going to premeditate sin? Well, what do you mean premeditate? Well, you know what you're going to do is wrong. But you say, I'll just repent afterwards. You premeditated your sin. In other words, you meditated on your sin beforehand and then committed it and just said, I'll repent afterwards. What is that? Oh, God understands. I, I am really. He said in Psalms 46 and 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the heathen. I'll be exalted in the earth. God is doing earth exalting things. Well, everybody got to shut down and listen. We're making every, everybody stop and go like, ooh. Because people, I believe that the body of Christ needs to shake and tremble again. Have an honest fear for who God is. Stop being so, 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 so easy to get up here and say things representing God and you don't know him. Everybody's wanting to get into the pulpit because it looks like it's a glamorous place. He says, be careful because you're a teacher. You're going to get your, your, your punishment to be more severe. So look what they did. They assumed that their offerings and their sacrifice of anything is acceptable before God. You offering a sacrifice and your peace offerings to a bull, a golden calf, and you think God's going to accept it. People think that God accepts anything. Even when it comes to our offerings, our tithes, those things that we give unto the Lord. Stop for a moment. What makes you think you don't accept anything? 
When someone wants to honor you, and this is where people get mixed up with money. This is why there's an issue with money. When you go back for all of these folks, I'm, ah, okay, Lord, okay. See, like I'm always that guy. For all of you folks to still struggling on what so-and-so says about tithing, let's remove the word tithing and let's talk about honor. How are you honoring God? You have to understand God established the tithe as a place of honor. It was designed to honor him. And now folks are, well, you ain't got to do it. Who, ain't nobody trying to operate on the, is, this, is it law to honor or is it love to honor? When he spoke to them in the book of Malachi, he says, if I be a father, where then is my honor? Not tithe. Because what he was saying was when you were tithing to him, you were honoring him. That's why he says, I'm not going to accept anything just like your governor don't accept anything. All of this foolishness. Well, no, don't waste your time reading that stuff. Don't waste your time being involved in that. Honor God. I don't care. Just honor him. Plus, I don't see how people say, well, uh-huh. you've been tithing all your life. God's don't bless you, rebuking the devout. And now you hear somebody come along and you get a misunderstanding of what they saying or whatever. Or it starts this controversy. And the first thing, well, I ain't going to tithe no more. That's fine. Look at your life. Won't you stop paying your light bill? I'm I'm sure they'll keep the lights on for a little while. And they ain't doing it because you're honoring them. Not here to say somebody's going to go to hell because they don't tie. I'm just saying, how do you not honor your father? That's all I'm saying. Tithing has never been the ceiling. It's always been the floor. That's the place you start from. That's what you owe God. And he only charged the same amount. Always been 10%. Well, I tithe 20%. No, you don't. The definition of a tithe is 10%. You tithe 10% and you give in the other 10 you are not tithing 20%. It is impossible. All of these false doctrines floating around that have no biblical basis whatsoever. See, we, let's get to the root of the thing. Honor God. Honor God. If, if you, if, listen, if I gave you some, some money and you said, well, you know, if I gave you $10, and you gave me five back, you know you still owe me, right? I mean, you ain't gave me nothing. Oh, oh, better yet, let, let, me, let me do you what people do now. You owe me $10, and, and, and you gave five to me and gave five to Shaquem because it looked like he wanted the five. Well, you know, I gave, I gave that, you know, I wanted to help him out. That's fine, but give me my five dollars. Well, no, no, I gave that. I gave that to him. No, no, no. You gave him yours. People, well, you know, I, I took, I tied to the homeless shelter. Like you gonna make, like, like you, you, you gonna make God feel good because you gave his money away. This 
the stuff that people are trying to work around. See, because what they really say, see, let's deal with the heart of the matter. You don't want to honor God. Because notice how easy it was for you to give it somewhere else. You just didn't want to honor him. That's why the root of the thing is with honor. It's not with money. See, that make you want to, see, this kind of, this is the kind of stuff that make me want to say, okay, let me check my heart. Not my money, my heart. Oh, I know somebody ain't liking this now. That's fine. Hey. Hey. I'm good. I mean, honestly, I am. Well, so-and-so said, I don't care. I know what book they need to be coming from. It's like we're scared to say, no, I don't care who you are. If you, what you're saying is not biblical, it's just not biblical. I ain't mad at you. I'm just saying that ain't right. See, I wasn't, like I said, I keep finding myself being that guy. I wasn't going to say nothing. So look at this. So they celebrated with feasting and drinking. They indulged in pagan revelry. Life was just a big party for them. You know, some folks just want to have a good time, don't have no restraints. No restraints. Walking around here, we, listen, when CNN tells you it's a, it's a recession, you know we've already been in one at least six months. But if some folks, you should have curbed your spending already. Already. But no, you don't have any restraints. You walking around talking about catch me if you can. They're going to catch you. <laughs> Stimulus checks and all this and folks broke. That would be good money to tuck away. Just learn, we, we had to learn to think differently. As, but see, that's what these people would do. They had no restraint. All they want to do is party and have a good time. We have to be very careful. Because I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's like, man, Lord, I... But the Holy Spirit constrains you. Constrains you. Oh, y'all looking at me like that? Like you don't want to just, just, you've been holding back doing this. Okay, I'm trying, trying to make sure you got, then one, you go, boy, I should just, nah, nope, nope, nope. And I, 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 I just throw out things to make you think about things. Between 2018 and 2019, 1.2 1.2 million cars was repossessed. 2018, 2019, 1.2. Got those numbers? Between January 1 and uh, June 1st, 2 million cars. What's going on? What's going on? People are casting off restraint. They bought stuff they couldn't afford. Took a whole year in 2018 and 2019 to get to 1 million cars being repossessed. 2022, 2 million already. So if you've been waiting on to get in the car, just wait a little while. Oh, yeah. Listen, I... Elder Coulter, I don't play. I'm, I'm watching the trends. I'm watching it. I ain't going to be one of them. Learn by the example. 
you don't have to repeat the same mistake to learn from the mistake. All right, let's 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 go let's go back to verse eight from uh, what was that? <laughs> Do remember where I was at? Yeah, First Corinthians chapter ten, verse eight. He says, and we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing twenty three thousand of them to die in one day. Listen, I, I don't know any other way to say this. Illicit sex acts are sinful and deadly. Now. What's crazy is you used to didn't have to talk about all of the different categories of sex. Now folks will say, well, that ain't real sex. That's this kind of sex. That's why the Bible says immorality, sexual immorality, because it classified all of them. Listen, if you ain't married, it's wrong. <laughs> Let's just do that. I know, Pastor, don't, you know, don't really talk to me or say too much. You know, the kids ain't here. You need to, somebody need to talk to them. This day and time, somebody need to talk to them. Being a virgin, male or female, is still commendable. Praise the Lord. Somebody, there you go. I was just saying if I was in the right church. Just because some of us didn't make it don't mean that we're not trying to pass on what's right. Hello. I wish I would have knew. Oh yeah, because of all of the repercussions that came with that decision. The things that you were never told that come with that. The soul ties, that get the, the connections that come with that. The stuff that you have to get undone that came with that. Wasn't telling you that. Yeah, they, they wasn't telling you that. When it awakens something on the inside of you now that you got to deal with for the rest of your life, they didn't tell you that. It's all about that one moment. Made you feel like you was on the outside looking in for until that one moment. And you couldn't go back. So yeah, I don't have a problem telling somebody else, don't be like me. Learn from my mistake. Learn, from, don't repeat it. Learn from it. See, sometimes we too quiet. Don't mind. No, nah, learn from don't 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 deal with it. I I got to deal with you know I got to pull, pull this stuff out of here. Don't be like that. Oh yeah, it's a reality. But you know they were engaged in sexual immorality. We act like that just came up during our day. And see what the the, the issue now is it's everywhere. Uh, you, you watch little kids and you, you everybody got a phone. And you go like, see, and they say, like, they say stuff like this. Parents, make sure you put something on the phones to protect the children. But you pushing stuff everywhere. It's part of your marketing campaign. And then you turn around and make it like the parents should protect the kids. When I was growing up, you know, they should be like, at 11 o'clock, on the phone, the news came on. It's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? The society 
was helping look out for kids. When I was growing up, certain things didn't come on TV until after at least 10 o'clock because you're supposed to be in the bed then. It was, a, it was a society that supported wholesome programming. Society that put, made, for, that made sure that the children weren't exposed to certain things. Now, can I go sleep over Uncle so-and-so? Uh-uh. No. Mama, why you want? Listen. See, you, you don't do it. You know, one thing I wanted to make sure with, with, with my wife and I, with our kids, and I say this to the glory of God, that they, they don't have to stand before me and say, Daddy, Mama, so-and-so touched me. Now, now, well, wait a minute. They may not like it because I didn't let them. We didn't, we didn't let them go everywhere. We didn't let them stay with everybody. So, so uh, what I'm saying is, listen, listen, young ladies, our children, you may not understand. Well, why can't I stay over their house? We have seen the way society has changed. Folk doing stuff over their house that we don't do over our house. And all it takes is one night. And one night that you can't get back. And a lot of us are living witnesses of one night that you can't get back. So don't feel, I'm just simply saying, parents, don't feel bad because you're protecting your kids. Even if they do come back and say, y'all don't let me do nothing. Well, it may not seem like nothing now, but you better be. One day they will appreciate you not letting them do nothing. But you know, the Bible says 23,000 of them died in a day. Does God take sexual sin serious? I mean, people act like that don't matter no more. I'm, I'm really about to go there. I'm just trying to see how to do this nicely. Because we need to understand some things. What, what's, what's wrong and what's right? Listen, you know, the Bible says something really, really interesting. Marriage is honorable and all. And the bed undefiled. But that don't mean that everything go. Even married, everything don't go. So if married, everything don't go, what makes us think that single, everything goes? I'm going to say this in in the nicest way I can. You should be able to digest what you put in your mouth. I'm being nice. I'm being nice. Because now, remember, people are saying, I can still be a virgin and do this, that, or the other. How was our bodies constructed? Was it designed to do everything that people are saying it's acceptable? Well, I know what the talk of this message would be now. (laughs) Let's go to verse 9, 1 Corinthians. (laughs) 
chapter 10, verse 9. I ain't scared. I'm just moving on because you're looking uncomfortable. I ain't scared. I'm just moving on because you're looking uncomfortable. Because immediately people start saying, I don't see that in the Bible. Yeah, no, no, no problem. No problem. Everybody want to talk about what they don't see. Here's my thing when people say that. Okay, whatever you cannot do in faith is sin. Now, you could do it in faith when you find it in the word. So it ain't for me to find it in the word that you can do it. I mean, that you can't do it. It's for you to find it in the word that you can do it. See, we put the burden of proof in the wrong place. I ain't here to tell you. No, no, no. Show me where you can. It's quiet now. See, we got this thing all twisted. You need to be able to do what you do in faith. So you need to have word backing up what you're doing. I ain't scared. Verse 9, nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And we remember that. They didn't get what they wanted because, they, you know, they, they were waiting and, and Moses hadn't showed up. They became impatient. Uh, matter of fact, go to Numbers 21 and 4. I want you to look at something. Look at something right here. Numbers 21 and 4, New, New Living Translation. Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey. Ain't that what people sound like? Yeah. God, it's taking too long. I ain't getting it when I want it. What's the deal? Look at verse 5 of the same, same chapter. They began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained, there's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manner. Mm. So they no longer wanted what God was providing for every day. It's getting madder every day. They started to complain against their leaders and against God. Let me, I, I, I'm going to say this once again. I'm going to be the guy. Leaders are following just like you. Right. Amen. No, I want you to understand what I'm saying. Because I know some people have issues following. And what happens often is the complaint comes against the leader when you follow him. I just want you to know the leader is following too. So since the leader is following just like you following, it would behoove us to make it easier for the leader who's following just like you following instead of making it more difficult. Because that means, listen to what I'm saying, that means you making it difficult on somebody that's following like you. Wow. See, everybody want to look at when somebody's making it difficult for you to follow. But what if you make it difficult for somebody else that's following? And they just happen to be the leader. I know you should have some Bible for something like that. I understand. Well, Hebrews 13. Since you ask. Hebrews 13 and 17. Obey them that have rule over you. Submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. But that's unprofitable for you. 
it's not good for you to give grief to the leader that's following just like you. I'm not saying it's because of me. I'm saying it because it's right. Most of y'all don't cause me no grief. Most. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being honest, most of y'all don't. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Most of you all don't cause me any grief. Let me let me get out of here. First, first Corinthians 10. Let, let's 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 let's. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm, 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 let, me, let me let me turn the corner a little bit for sake of time here. Um, I just want I, I want to cover a little bit more. You know, and even in Numbers 21, when they was talking, the last thing it says, the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people. Mm-hmm. And they were bitten and died. Mm-hmm. Tempting Christ by complaining can be deadly. Mm-hmm. One of the dangers of being in America, we were founded out of independence. And sometimes we think independence means that we can say and do anything that we want because, mm-hmm. after all, we're independent. As a born-again believer, you still are obligated in how you conduct yourself before Christ. They, they were complaining while Moses was trying to lead. The Bible says God allowed poisonous snakes to come and bite them, and they died. Okay, let me do it this way. Wasn't no devil in that sentence. Let's make sure that we're not complaining just because we're in the wilderness. I'm going to share something for you. Let's move on. Let's move on. Number two. Number two. I told you in the wilderness, what's on the inside will come out. That's what we wanted to see in the first point. Secondly, you and I are not the only ones with wilderness experiences. 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. The Bible says, Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So that was everything we read about Israel going through the wilderness was so you and I can get an example of what we shouldn't do. You don't have to experience the example personally to benefit from the example. It was written for our example. So I'm going to benefit from what was written. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Since you and I are not the only ones with wilderness experience, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. So if Jesus had a wilderness experience en route to the throne, what makes us think that we exempt? Amen. Jesus had a wilderness experience before he got to his throne. So what makes us think that we are exempt? Just just hold on. Hebrews 4, verse 15 and 16, New Living Translation. We're about to turn the corner, I promise you. The Bible says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. I don't know if you ever really stop and think about when you're going through something that Jesus knows exactly how you feel. 
All right, this, this, this is a moment. This, this, I, this, this is one of those moments. You ever get angry enough that you really want to hurt somebody? I have, to, I have to find people where they're at, you know. I mean, you like. So wait a minute. So Jesus says, listen. If I ask my father. Because listen, I want you to know, first off, my kingdom is not of here. This ain't where my kingdom is from. But if I ask my father. For angels. In essence, I'm paraphrasing. They would show up and could wipe out everybody. Amen. Jesus knows what it's like to have the ability to hurt somebody. But not do it. Remember in the Old Testament, one angel showed up and killed 180,000 people. And Jesus is about to go to Calvary and he says, you know, if he just asked. He knows what it's like to have the ability to hurt somebody and not do it. So I understand. I'm learning better to be able to honestly voice, Lord, this is how I feel. Right now, this is how I feel. And I don't mean that I got to exercise that feeling, but it is how I feel. I mean, he know anyway. The Bible says, you know, our thoughts from afar. This says, I think sometimes as Christians, we need to come back. Let's be real. This is this is this is God we're talking about. This is Jesus who who walk. See, what's what's wonderful or one of the wonderful things about Jesus is he literally walked the walk and talked the talk. He knows what it's like when people are against you. And you trying to do the right thing and they're still against you. He know what that's like. He know what it's like when, 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 when your inner core betrays you. When the people you closest to, that you've done the most for, turn their back on you. And sometimes I think we forget that. And we go into the syndrome of the God that's up there. So far away. Who don't really understand. Instead of saying, Lord, this is where I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. But I'm being honest with you. I think it's time to get back to being real with God. Really, to be honest with you, it's not being real with God. It's being real with ourselves. Because he knows what's real anyway. It's amazing that there's a, there's a Pharisee and a tax collector who pray. Pharisee talks about, um, watch this. You want to know what self-righteousness looks like? Listen to this. I'm glad I'm not like so-and-so. God, I just thank you that you didn't allow that to come on me. So now we're addressing it not as though that we're grateful for God. Because we try to see that, that's, see that religion in there? I'm glad I'm not like this. Wait a minute. But let's listen to the prayer. Okay, that's the one that God says, I ain't even hearing that. But let's listen to the tax collector. God have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. 
the condition of my soul, who I am. Have mercy on me. When's the last time you've been convicted about you? Not convicted about somebody else. When's the last time you were convicted about you? Well, you really understood, Lord, I need to work on me. Well, you really, I mean, well, you walked away like, ugh. Well, you, you, I mean, you stood in front of the mirror and you was like, uh, oh, uh. Because the mirror was the word where you saw you. See, sometimes we look in the mirror and we see a reflection looking at everybody else. But no, what about when you stand directly in front of it and the word reflects you? Well, you honestly step back and say, God, help me. Be like some of the disciples. They said, who then can be saved? Lord, when I'm looking at me, I'm just like, Lord, help me. I'm like, God, why you keep fooling with me? Oh, I, I know y'all, y'all don't think like that. Yeah. But when you begin to look at you and you're like, God, I don't even like what I'm seeing. And you're like, this is me? Lord, help. See, we need to get back to being, well, I, I'm sorry. I want to get back to where I'm being convicted of seeing me in the word. Well, I, see, before I, I preach to you, it's me. So now I'm saying, okay, Lord, when I go to my wilderness experiences, what's on the inside of me is coming out. So what have I been putting on the inside of me? Now, Lord, when I'm recognizing that I am not the only one who goes through wilderness experiences, so what can I learn from those who went through it successfully? See, it's not... I, for some people, I guess it's just a sermon. I, I, you know, that's fine for you. But I'm saying, you're going to go through a wilderness experience. And what's in you is coming out. I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. Do you realize a whole generation of people drop dead in the wilderness? You better watch out who you're hanging out with. Well, we all think alike. Mm-hmm, so do they. That's why they died together. You better find somebody who's believing the word of God because the stuff is coming. Things that I see. I ain't trying to get it right when something attached. Well, this happened. Well, let me get right with God now. Really? You can operate under that kind of pressure. Why don't you get right now before something happens? Or we just tempting God. God understands. He knows. <laughs> All right. We ready? Let us go back. Let's go back to Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. The high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. We've become the beneficiaries of Jesus' example of a sinless life. We benefit from that. Jesus has had a wilderness experience and we benefit from that. Bible says in verse 16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. The believer has the understanding of Jesus and the access to the throne of God for unlimited mercy and grace. We benefit 
from Jesus wilderness experience. Just like we're supposed to learn from our ancestors experience in the wilderness. Luke chapter four, verse 13, New Living Translation. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. So Jesus demonstrated to us that you don't have to be defeated in the wilderness. Let me say that again. Jesus demonstrated to us that you don't have to be defeated in the wilderness. I'm, 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 I'm really wrapping up now. I'm going to share some things now. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, King James. And I'm going to wrap up now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. So the wilderness is more common than we realize. So leaving you in a place that you're totally dependent upon God is more common than you realize. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you're able. So God is faithful. It's more common than you realize, but God is faithful. In other words, we know, okay, we just found out it's more common, but more importantly than you finding out that it's more common is the fact that God is faithful. That's what the but meant. What you just heard preceding the but says now what's after the but is more important. But God is faithful. He says, you will not be, you will, it will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. On the other side of the wilderness is the promise. See, for those of you all that found yourself earlier when I was talking to you and you, you were making uh, sighs and moans when we were talking about the wilderness, and I said, what did God whisper to you before? What he talked to you about before was the promise. There was something on the other side. There was, see, people get caught up into, can, can, can I really make it, make it plain as I possibly can? They mistake the journey for the destination. People get caught up in what I got to go through instead of what I'm going to. Yeah, you may not like the ride. The journey may be longer than you want to make, but that ain't, the journey wasn't the thing anyway. It was the destination. On Wednesday night, I remember Malverse got up and she stood and she began to give a testimony of how they went across the waters and was able to... Uh, uh, that, that's, that was just the journey. It was the destination that you had a good time at. You, yeah, you had to deal with all of the stuff to get there. But it was the destination all along that we was trying to get to. Don't you understand the wilderness is just what's in between where you started and where your destination is. That's all the wilderness is. It is not designed to take you out. It is not designed to torment you. It's just going to get the stuff out of you that's already in you. It's going to leave you totally dependent on God but it's going to allow you to get to your promised land. What God promised you. The thing he whispered in your ear in the beginning. And we look and we say, well, God, I don't understand. Why is this happening? Just wilderness. 
just wilderness. It's just the process that's taking you to where you need to go. Somebody said patience is allowing God the time to bless you the way he wants to. See, let's not be impatient. Let's not deny God the time he needs to bless us the way he wants to. Because we don't like the process. I don't like the wilderness. Lord, this stuff out here sounds out here. God, look at this. It's dry out here. Ain't no water. I don't want to eat what you're giving me every day. I want to make my own way. See, you got to be careful. I remember a specific time in my life where God was training me. He said, I'm your provider. Oh, that's wonderful, ain't it? Because he said, I'm Jehovah Jireh. Ooh, we ready to shout now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Then I lost my job. Then I lost my car. Then I lost all my friends. But what did he say beforehand? Just because I was in the wilderness, you know what? My value in the sight of God didn't change because I was in the wilderness. People may not have saw me the same. Oh, well, what's going on here? Why? That's fine. You know, folk going to talk anyway. You know, that, and that's okay. You need to, one of the things to do is you got to get over people. You want to get over people. I'm not saying that people are the worst thing in the world or whatever. I'm just saying you, you, know, you can't afford to be moved by what everybody's thinking and all of this kind of stuff. No, if you're going to walk with God, people are going to have some comments about you. And all of them ain't going to make you feel good. So, yes, God, he whispers that wonderful word in your ear. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm your provider. I didn't know, Lord, that means I ain't going to have no job. You know, God, I had some plans here, some things I wanted to do. He said, I'm your provider. So I ate every day. May not have been at the restaurants that everybody else was going to. But I ate. Wasn't missing no meals, paying my rent. But what, not, you know, I wasn't driving the, the new cars. When, when, when they, you know, when the whole bunch of folks calling me, say, hey man, let's go out and hang out. See, can you deal with your wilderness experience? Whatever it is. What about when that, see, see I want to tell you, wilderness experience is, okay, here, let, let me show you how this works. What if you ask God about that he just ain't removing? Wilderness. Because this is something that I want you to learn something out of. This is, no, no, you know, Candace, why they can't just give, give, just, just give you the degree? <laughs> oh, they just, here you go. And look and say, girl, I see your work record. Girl, you deserve this. Yeah. Bam. Now, listen, now, you, you, you got to take the class. Amen. You got to take the class. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I mean, come on. You got to do the work. You got to put the time in. Matter of fact, and on top of that, we're going to check to see if you really getting something out of it because we're going to test you. We're going to test you in the process. 
see if you really getting anything out of it. I know you signed up for the class. But let's see if you really get something out of it. See, that, that, that wilderness thing is what we don't want because I'm totally dependent on you now, God. I can't go to the left. I can't go to the I can't navigate through this thing without you. I'm too far gone to turn back and go this way. I'm stuck right now in the wilderness. So are you going to complain while you're there? See, that's what, see, that's what we've got to be careful who we're around. Because there's some folks that are complaining in a heartbeat. It's raining. I hate rain. Ah, okay, well, grass all brown and everything. You know, I hate rain. I, we need rain. Then you got to vote. It's hot outside. <laughs> Folk don't like it because it's hot. Woo, it's cold. I mean, everything is a complaint. Do you realize that you have the, the, the ability to get up and know whether it's hot or cold or raining? See, we're so far removed from things and there's folks that's laying up in a hospital bed who wish they could feel the sun on the side of their face. Folks who got tubes and, 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 and uh, contraptions hooked up to them wishing what's going on outside the window there. Is that really rain? I don't remember the last time I felt rain to fall on my face. See, are we complaining because we're in the wilderness? Folk get irritated in the wilderness because they can't do what they want to do. They can't express themselves the way they want to. So what's on the inside comes out. You ever see somebody, they, 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 they are a nice person until a crisis break out. And you think they don't lost their mind. Like, for, for, you know, well, some people you just want to shake them till they calm down. Just, 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 and you, you find out, what happened? Uh, well, uh, and I can't stand when people react to, no, not even, not just crisis, just what they think might be a problem. Not is a problem, what they think might be a problem. You know it might not be one too, right? Let's get the detail. Let's find out what's going on. Then let's deal with it accordingly. Well, this might happen. Well, that might happen. We might get ran over by a truck en route. How in the world are you living? But see, now you're starting to see what's on the inside. Now they can't handle being in the wilderness. Everything is a threat in the wilderness because you're no longer comfortable. You build tents in the wilderness. Because everything's temporary. So you got to keep moving. It was never intended for you to stay there. People are, why are we freaking out about a place that's it's only, it's only designed for tent dwellers anyway? I'm going somewhere. If you were in the wilderness, it's because you're going somewhere. You've got a destination. You got a place that's already, even when Jesus was dealing with, and I, I, boy, I was thinking about this too, uh, uh, 
even when Jesus was dealing with the disciples and he told them to go to the other side with the, with the storm and all, it's because you got somewhere else to go. I don't want to be so concerned about what's going on right here that I miss where I'm going to. Everybody that's on a kingdom path is going to go through the wilderness. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but which means more importantly than your afflictions is the fact that the Lord delivers us out of them all. It's not what I'm going through. It's what I'm going to. So today, I believe the Holy Spirit wanted to remind us as we face our wilderness experiences. All you're doing is passing through it. The wilderness can be extended. Or it could be shortened. I'll give you scripture for both. Their journey was supposed to be three weeks, roughly. But because, no, no, let me give you, the, really because of unbelief. When you read the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, came back, but you understand that they came back with evidence. They didn't just come back. People do that story and they just do it like, yeah, you know, they believe the report of the 10 and not the report of the two. You do know that they came back with evidence. And everybody refused to accept the evidence and to believe what the 10 said. So the wilderness was extended. But you look at Jesus, only 40 days and 40 nights. It could be shortened. You don't have to be in there any longer than you're supposed to be in there. A, all wilderness, listen to this, all wilderness experiences have an expiration date. They were never intended to go on forever. We panic like it is, but they all have an expiration date because you're moving through it. When God first took the children of Israel into the wilderness, he already had the plan on what he was going to do with them. He took them around another way so they wouldn't have to fight in the beginning. What happened is, is when they went into the promised land, they messed up. They literally, do you understand they really went in and brought back evidence from there? And decided we, we, they, they like giants. We like grasshoppers. The people didn't say that. They did. Joshua and Caleb said, no, we're well able to take the land. Let's do this. Let's get it right now. Even with evidence. All I'm simply saying, and I'm closing with this. Don't mistake the journey for the destination. All of us are in this journey, but I, my destination makes it worth it. He said, you're going to a land where every man has his own fig tree and his own vineyard. A land flowing with milk and honey. A land where iron is in the hills. He began to paint a picture to them. Slaves. Slaves. 
but they couldn't get over it because of the wilderness. I don't, God is speaking some things. Okay, Holy Spirit. God is speaking some things to some of us that is so beyond where we are. But in between us getting there, what God is speaking to us is a wilderness experience. And you can't afford to quit in that wilderness simply because you don't like it or it's taking longer than you think it should. You don't like what you're having to deal with day in and day out. Don't allow that to disqualify you from going into what God said you could have. God's faithful. He is going to do what he... For those of you all that are joining us today, I pray that the Lord has blessed you and that this word has been an encouragement to you. Uh, if you would like to sow into this ministry, feel free to do so. I pray that the word indeed would have free course and be glorified in your life. God bless you. Hello. Thank you for taking the opportunity to tune in with us on today. I believe it's a tremendous blessing to be able to hear and receive from the word of God. I want to take an opportunity also to challenge you as you move further in not just hearing, but obeying the word of God. The Bible speaks in Romans of the fact that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. However, it doesn't stop there. It also lets us know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then it leads us further to let us know that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. I want to give you an opportunity to meet the Savior today, an opportunity to meet Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the one who died for our sins, who was buried, and who was raised again from the dead. Today, you can know him personally. I want you to take this opportunity to pray with me. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I know that you are the son of the living God, and I believe that you gave your life for me. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I thank you now for saving me. Amen and amen. Listen, if you've prayed that prayer, you've just accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You are now part of the family of God. Your life has been changed forever. I want to encourage you now to be a part of a Bible-believing church, somewhere where you can be fed the Word of God. The Bible says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's important that you're hearing from God. It's important that you're growing in God's grace. I want to encourage you, find a place that you can connect with other like-minded believers and grow in the things of God. It will make all the difference in your new life as you live as unto the Lord. Also want to encourage those that may be watching now and maybe you're already saved. Maybe you're already part of a, a, a church and you're just wanting to find somewhere where you can continue to grow in the things of God and add or supplement your faith. Thank you for taking this opportunity and allowing us to be a part of that supplement. Also, I want to say this. Some of you all may be watching and you say, well, how can I give to that ministry? How can I sow into that ministry? Well, listen, I want to encourage you to take the opportunity. We have an app that you can actually uh, 
download to your phone and you can give to this ministry at any time that you want to or feel free to go to our website you can go to our website and on our website you will find uh, an opportunity to donate there's a donate button click on that button and it will further direct you into being able to give into this ministry listen i believe that giving is a gain and not a loss jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive the bible lets us know that he increases the fruits of our righteousness when we give, the Bible lets us know that he causes us to increase. He increases the fruits of our righteousness. It's all because God has allowed us to partake in the work that he is doing in the earth. And that is giving. That is giving of his son unto us. So when we give, we have an opportunity to imitate what God has been doing for us all along. Because it wasn't that we deserved it. It was that God was so good that he was giving his own son on our behalf. I pray that the message has been a blessing to you and I encourage you to come out, be a part of what we're doing. We're located at 740 North Main Street here in High Point, North Carolina. Feel free to join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or every Wednesday evening at 7.20 p.m. God bless you and thank you again for being with us. God bless.